Andrew, you seen Paul? Who? Hello. I hear him. Do you? Apparently. Nah. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of intro is this? <laughs> good one, really good one. Well, they're usually quite stale, so I thought we'll just mix it up a bit. No, this is still pretty stale. But anyway, continue on. Oh, I, I, thought you... it was, I thought it was fine until you spoke. I know. It's All right, usually okay, the way the podcast, okay, to be okay. fair. So I mean, <laughs> right, I'll just go to bed then. Well, I was going to say go home, but I'm <laughs> <laughs> wearing a treadmill, pal. <laughs> So if you've managed to not stop listening by now, welcome to the Castle View. I am Callum, as always. As always, you are Callum. Exactly. <laughs> it doesn't change. It doesn't. It could do. Could. I could change my name. That'd be good. To what? What would you go with? Gertrude. Gertrude. <laughs> he looks like a Gertrude. Bartholomew. Overlord. <laughs> Overlord, Overlord Lane. <laughs> just, just like be like, if we were like, hey, Overlord, like, that's fucking right. <laughs> well, Andrew, o- Overlord Lane definitely sounds like a street address. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, but I mean, if you say my name as Lane, then I mean that everything sounds like a street. So <laughs> yeah. it's just kind of the way it works, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. So. As always, I've got Paul and Andrew. Uh, Andrew, what would you call yourself in an alternative universe? I have no idea. Like, I just wouldn't. I'd go without a name. That was that set. The man with no name. Yeah, the man with no name. Not, like, even the man with no name or just silence? Just silence. (laughs) Hello, I am. Nice to meet you. (laughs) (laughs) That would be so impractical. <laughs> would, have, insert, have you spoken to recently? Yeah. <laughs> Your parents are trying to like shout you down the stairs or something and it's just Come, Come here. for your dinner <laughs> 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 Say my name <laughs> God. I mean, that would be taking you mean nothing to me, to be quite literal. <laughs> and Paul is the third member of the trio. I, I Yeah, I, you're not even going to ask me the question. No, I don't I care, Paul. Yeah, Cheers. Uh, Crystal Paul. Crystal, Crystal Paul. Paul, yeah. Crystal Blue Paul. Paul. That would be it, That's I think. Paul deals crystal meth. That's what I would call him. <laughs> yeah. Walter White, <laughs> 2.0. <laughs> Very tame version of <laughs> very very tame version. Yeah. For any of our listeners that don't know, Paul was on the Crystal Maze, so that was an amazing fact about Paul. What would you call yourself, though, Paul? Paul. In. In. Pauline. Yeah. Oh, Pauline. <laughs> right. I thought just Eden. Eden. Yeah. Just the feminine version of my silence. <laughs> <laughs> so, welcome to the castle. We have Overlord Ian. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's probably no worse than our normal intros, to be fair. So. <laughs> At least we're finding it amusing. <laughs> That's more than half the listeners <laughs> are amused. And none of us even listen back to the show, so. Oh. Worrying times. <laughs> right. 
what are we chatting about this week other you know, than we're names? four minutes and it's just been mayhem. It has. It has. Sort yourself out, Ian, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> what do we have tonight, Callum? Well, what are our topics? Uh, what are our topics? Well, I, we, we spoke on last week's show about delving into the sort of salmon saga, but we kind of decided we're not fully going to touch on that, although we are still going to touch on the SNP and the apparent turmoil that the party is suffering. <laughs> The and SNP then, apparently like to touch on a number of things as well. But. Well, hey. banter. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> That's a spoiler. Come on, Polly. Oh, Jeez. I'm sorry. I'm so- A teaser. There's a teaser. Between a, a well, teaser that's what he spoiler. said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, that gets a laugh. <laughs> that gets a laugh from... <laughs> We should rewrite the Eminem song just for your new name. Well, the real, please stand <laughs> up. <laughs> <laughs> That's not my name. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing is. <laughs> they call me. They call me. <laughs> the artist formerly known as. <laughs> No, but the artist formerly known as Andrew. <laughs> well, no. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh and you know, all joking aside, we're a serious current affairs podcast. <laughs> Sort it. Keep telling yourself that. Out. <laughs> so we're talking about the SNP, and then we are going to move on to Royals. Royals. Come on, Queen Bee, sing it. Oh, sorry, my bad. I missed my cue. Missed my cue. Paul, you are absolutely shocking with lyrics. I am. I am. I feel, I feel like... You should have stopped that sentence before you said lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but we, we beat up on Paul a lot, so I thought, you know, at least I would just make it a bit more specific <laughs> to give him false hope that there are areas of his life that do not require <laughs> that improvement. Areas of his life. <laughs> Everything is shocking. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was rather feminine, Callum. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, I've been infected. <laughs> infected. <laughs> oh, man. I must request you don't throw me out of a window, though. <laughs> if that's okay. Inside joke. <laughs> Callum, right. had a, Callum had a fun Monday night. <laughs> so, the SNP. Right. The SNP, yeah, they're in even more turmoil and mayhem than we are tonight. <laughs> Grief. Yeah. Yes, um, the SNP, where on earth do we even start? Well, do we start with... At the start. The start, the start of the turmoil, which has been provoked by all the Alex Salmon stuff. Yes. So, he was accused of some sexual misconduct and was cleared in trial. The The conclusion they came to was that he is a creep, not a criminal. Um, <laughs> Great defence. <laughs> yeah, brilliant defence. He's a creep, but not a criminal. Um, I can relate to that. Yeah, we know you can. Well, so can Campbell. you. Come on. <laughs> anyway, he's a creep, not a criminal. Are you not a criminal? And he, was, he wasn't even fully... A, he was acquitted, wasn't he? But his defence wasn't even... 
yeah, that that he hadn't done anything. It was that the process against him was unjust. He didn't uh, contest. No, that's more than that. There's two separate yeah. things going on here. Right. So the process against him being unjust is in relation to the parliamentary um, inquest into right. his behaviour. Yeah. The actual being a creep rather than a criminal comes from the high court criminal proceedings that were against him. Was that the judge's? I would love that if that's in the judge's written statement. Just like he is a creep, not a criminal. Not a criminal. Yeah. So, so he, what he has, he hasn't denied having sexual contact with that woman. That woman, yes. It's not Bill Clinton. Um, yeah. But he has denied it being inappropriate or non-consensual, non-consensual or any of that that's stuff. Exactly yeah. what I was searching yeah. for. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, inappropriate is probably a bit more subjective than... Well, yeah. indeed, than but in, in the inappropriate in the confines of the law yeah. rather than the confines of his... Moral... Bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, indeed. the current debacle is all about... Oh, I mean, I think the turmoil has been... I mean, is was the salmon thing even the start of it? There was that... Her name escapes me now, and that's terrible. Um... The one who was seen to be was found to be siphoning off money from the women from Independence or something like that. Um, that's terrible. Can't remember her name, but that was. I mean, that was pre the last general election. Yeah, but does that feed into the current turmoil? I don't think it's current turmoil. I well, mean, you could also then point to that SNP MP last year who took the train down to well, London. See, no, I would say, I would say that. I mean, that definitely is part of it. It's. I mean, I feel like we're not... I suppose what our conversation tonight is almost moving away from just saying that we're going to delve into the salmon thing to actually... I suppose it's... Are the wheels falling off a wee bit? Like, you know, is the party in crisis? Yeah, is it in a death spin? It's certainly in a crisis. Is it in a death spin is a really interesting one. Probably, yeah. I mean, that... Well, maybe not touch on that right now, because I suppose that's maybe coming to the conclusion of the conversation immediately. But so we've got the chief whip, or just the whip, I don't know if he's the chief whip. The chief whip. Yep, in the House of Commons. In the House of Commons, yep. He took that too literally, and he's getting involved in some BDSM. No, that was not it. I don't know, I read the headline, (laughs) to be honest. So So yeah, um, there, there are allegations of some inappropriate touching against him. Touching me. Touching that, no, you. Come on, Paul. Paul. Come on, you must not. Come on, guys. Let's crack on. (laughs) Sweet Caroline. Good times never seem so good. So good. So good. So good. (laughs) Yep. Creep, not criminal. Oh, (laughs) good. Right. So, so inappropriate touching. Inappropriate touching. Yes. Um,. So there have been some accusations of that there has been an inquiry opened within the party and he has been removed from the party or resigned from the party? Has he he not just resigned the whip? Has he not just stepped down from being chief whip was my thought? Until until the the, um, investigation. He certainly stood aside from an active party role until the investigation has concluded. He still sits as an MP. Yeah. Okay. There's so, yeah, that, all sorts of stuff with thing. John Swinney as well. 
Yes, so that all comes from the Salmon stuff with a release the the legal advice, uh, which he eventually did. But yeah, after two votes. Well, after two votes were threatened. Yeah. No, no but no, the par- no Parliament voted for the information to be released twice, and right, they didn't okay. do it. Yeah. There was then two votes of no confidence th- votes yes. threatened. Yeah. Okay. And when the evidence was finally released, it was heavily redacted, despite the fact that the evidence had already been published in full in the Spectator. So there was that, absolutely no value that's in redacting it. Not quite the same thing. So that wasn't the legal advice that was redacted. That was evidence on Salmon's inquiry. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So if anyone else is confused, then so am I. Indeed. Wait, that sounds like my confusion is reliant upon other people being confused. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just so confused I don't even know what's going on in my mouth. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So basically, there's a whole list of things going on within the SNP at the moment. Um, and it just feels like the party is in a little bit of a tailspin, Mm. and yet they still hold such a a dominant position within Scottish politics. It it poses a real interesting question as to what their short and medium-term future looks like. Mm. And how big an impact this will have on the 5th of May in the Scottish parliamentary elections, because I agree with you, Andrew. I think that they hold this dominant position. And there was some polling that came out this week, which seemed to give some indication that, uh, you know, people have had their faith shaken in the party by all of the latest scandals and that support for independence, which is effectively a proxy for support for the SNP, had faltered. I wonder how much of that's just going to blow over in another fortnight. The time I will tell. I think most of it will as well. I think come election time, the SNP will have a really strong performance. I think they will, because I think we kind of touched upon last week with the Scottish Labour stuff, is actually the alternatives kind of don't exist. So It's, it's SNP or Conservative. Yeah. yeah. So the problem is, is yeah. immediately you're split between your independence thoughts there. You know, it's so... Probably where the SNP might struggle a bit more would be if the Greens were seen as a bigger party, then they, as an in, an individual party, could be under threat more because people could go, well, we still have support for independence, but we're going to give our vote to the Greens instead because we see them as a you know as a more stable party. But in reality, the Greens have only kind of been kept relevant by the fact that they are a pro-independence party and have been able to prop up the SNP government. Otherwise, they would be pretty much yeah, irrelevant. The Greens are generally only relevant when it comes to the list vote, aren't they, in the Scottish Parliament? Yeah. Yeah. And they seem to have got a few of their things done, as they seem to have done again in the, with the budget, because the SNP rely on their votes. They've managed to get some concessions. But, I mean, without that requirement, if the SNP have their own majority, the Greens are doing nothing. Like, so, yep. whereas if they were maybe, I suppose the similarities maybe more down south with the Lib Dems, okay, I know they fell away, but when they were seen to be a viable alternative option, you know, you might, this could have been the type of situation you would see people move. But I just don't believe the Greens are seen to be that serious an option for most people so i think the no, sp will survive as well so do we think then that it 
kind of doesn't matter what comes out of this inquiry. The party will be supported anyway. I don't think it doesn't matter what comes out of this inquiry, but I think by what it sounds like is that the S&P are quite confident that the inquiry will go the way they want it to go. Yes, and there was a headline appeared today which I shared with you guys in our um, group chat which said the the evidence that the Crown Office released to the committee, um, which Salmond had alluded to as being like uh, hard evidence of collusion against him, is in the the words of the headline that I saw, utter mince, um, mm. according to a source on the committee. This was, I think, in the Herald. Or was it the Scotsman? Scotsman. It was the Scotsman yeah, yeah. in the article that I shared, wasn't it? That doesn't surprise me, to be honest. If he'd had anything that concrete and damning, I'm sure he would have been bringing it up long before now, to be honest. I think one of the th- interesting things about Grady, as the chief whip, um, that I-, I do think is a bit of a concern with the SNP is that there was allegations in 2016 about inappropriate behaviour. And... It kind of seems it's got swept under the rug a wee bit and then it's kind of come back to bite them. And whatever this, you know, inquiry finds, I don't think that anybody can see that the SNP have been squeaky clean in this. I think there are still... I think only the most sort of blinkered person would claim that the government have handled themselves in the best manner here. Mm. There's... There's definitely stuff that they could have done better. And it, I, I suppose when you take the collective picture, is there, you know, are they maybe seen to be just sweeping when it suits them, they're just ignoring quite serious things? Well, so just how serious do you guys see this? And some of the, the conduct. And, and so I guess where I'm going with this, right, is... If I look at things like some of the anti-Semitism accusations within the Labour Party or the blatant cronyism within the Conservatives and things like this, is it just a case that all of these parties are shocking and actually there's none of them are actually all that much worse than any of the others? Like there's bad eggs in every See, basket? I, I think... Um, or is this worse? No, I, I think it could be either way. So if this is a case of individuals behaving poorly, then at a party level, I don't see that as a huge concern. If, however, this is a cultural thing within the party where there is behaviour like this is known and then ignored or accepted on some level, then yes, that is huge and completely unacceptable. I mean, he's he's become whip in 2017, a year after, I don't know if it's a full year, but the, the the year following these initial allegations. Now, the whole job of the whip is to go around both the politicians and it will also be their staff members to try and gain support on what the party want, which is going to involve probably behind closed door kind of meetings and things like that. I mean, I don't know enough about it, but have the SNP actually been thorough enough in that Initial, you know, following that initial allegation, to have put somebody in a role like that, somebody who maybe has questionable conduct, is that in itself appropriate? Yeah, I think that's a valid question, um, because if 
allegations had been raised through the proper channels and the party was aware of it, then you would have to say that had provided that those allegations hadn't been thoroughly investigated and dismissed yep. after investigation, then you would say that he probably isn't suitable for that role. Yeah, I think it's... I, I The thing I always look at with the stuff with the SNP a little bit on your point, Paul, is that I feel like Nicola Sturgeon at times holds the SNP up to be we are different to the Westminster establishment. Yeah. And I think one of the difficulties is is that I actually think they're proving that no, they're not. They might have been somewhat different when they were a fringe party. And it's easier to be different when you're a fringe party. But I think you find when you get down to the nitty-gritty of proper power politics, I think the reality of it is it's quite hard to not... Yeah, I think when there was that initial landslide of MPs that came down into Westminster, there was a freshness amongst them and signs that something could be different. But has that actually turned out to be the case or have they just kind of sank into the way of Westminster politics yeah. and the way that it actually works? Power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely yeah, I think all that, that stuff. Yeah. It's certainly an element of that. Because I I mean it, it certainly smells very rotten at the moment and does smell like there's cultural problems within there because a lot of the senior leadership and senior figures all have scandals of some description. But again, I come back to the well, cronyism, anti-Semitism, you know, that, that's kind of set right from the top of these parties as well. And I, it, it does just feel to me like all of these parties are shocking. Yeah, I think what we are in danger of doing here with the, the tone that this conversation is taking is almost dismissing this as actually it's okay because everyone's as bad as each other. Yeah. And that, that absolutely should not no, be the conclusion I agree that, with that we draw. I agree with that, yeah. No, it, it ca- especially over incidents like, uh, you know, like this. I think the cronyism side to it, I think, is a little... That is a sort of different kettle of fish. At the end of the day, you, you only have to look at the House of Lords to realise that, well, actually, the Conservatives aren't any worse than what Labour are because all that happens is they, each party pumps that full when they're in power of their own people. Like, that's... Yeah. When you're in power, you, do, you give favours to... The people that have helped you get into power. That's yeah, why so many of these there. people yeah. make political donations. I think you'd have to be deluded to think that that you know these people are just doing it out of the kindness of their heart. They're it's, I scratch your back, you scratch mine kind of thing. So that I think is a bit of a separate subject. But some of these other issues are far more severe. Yeah, um, especially so, sexual. Yeah, incidents. and just to be clear, I'm not saying at all. It, you know, it justifies it or it makes yeah, it okay absolutely. or anything yeah. like that. I guess I, I'm thinking in the mind of your average voter, all I can see this doing is either completely disincentivizing you to vote for anybody or people will just say, well, they're no worse than anybody else, so I'll continue to vote for, you know, the SNP or the Tories or or whoever else it is, you know, because the alternatives aren't. It comes back to your point from a second ago, Callum, of when there was this freshness to them, they really felt like uh, kind of almost an anti-establishment vote. I now think the SNP are the establishment, certainly within Scottish politics. Oh, they absolutely are within Scottish politics. Yeah. And they've just stepped into that mantle of 
protecting themselves yeah. and not in the best manner. But you are right. All the parties do it. And that's that's how these people hold on to power, ultimately. And the only way around that is some major shake-up of politics, which I don't, I don't believe, even if we became an independent country, we would see the shake-up in politics. Because the people in power that decide how politics run, you know, the politics, how it runs, is decided by those people in power. Yep. So, yep. It, you look down south, they like re- they changed how all the constituencies worked. Uh, you know, yeah, all redrew the boundary lines. Yeah. yeah, it's redrawn so that it doesn't, you know, there's this adage of, well, you know, Labour needs Scotland. The reality of it is, even with Scotland, with the way the boundaries now work, it's it's no so chance. unlikely that Labour will ever get into power. Or not on their own as a majority. They might form a coalition government at some point, but... And that's just... I, I was watching a video on that just today. There is another independent uh, group that all of Parliament, not just the government, Parliament had said, none of us ever agree to redraw the constitutional boundaries because it's not in our interest, so we'll get an independent group to do it for us. And they've presented their recommendations back to Parliament this week. It'll give Tories an extra 10 seats. So... It's, you know, it's just going to further solidify the problem for everyone. You you can't fairly draw a boundary like there's no, no way to do that because the problem is is every area is you is sort of its own little thing and you you're never going to be able to say well that's a democratic area because it's got a good spread of people. Oh yeah, there was even uh, debates within the group um, that are are doing this piece of work or whether they should use population or whether you should use registered voters. Because there are parts of the country which have much higher proportion of their population is registered voters because you don't have as many children and you don't have as many students and you you know, and all of these kind of things. And yeah, it, it's it's such a impossible art. But anyway, we're drifting off on a slight yeah, tangent yeah. here. Yeah. Um But yeah, so they do seem to be in turmoil, I think is kinda of where we're getting to, but we feel like it probably won't make a big difference come the holiday elections. Yeah. Um do you think it'll make any difference? Honestly, no, I don't. No. I Could I see any res- resignations as a result? No, not really. Ma- the chief whip, maybe, but I can't see Sturgeon resigning as a consequence. I can't see the party not winning on May the 5th. Do you, do you, the one person that... I can't remember if we slightly touched on them last week. The person in all of this that, if you ignore the actual politicians that I slightly look at, is Sturgeon's husband... Peter yeah. Murrell. Murrell? Murrell? Murrell, I think. Yeah. Um, he's the chief executive of the SNP. Now, if he was the chief executive of a private company and all this drama had happened, he'd have been sacked. Yeah. yeah. Or or been asked, or, you know, or asked resigned. To yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think that he should maybe be considering his position? Absolutely, because I think there's a big conflict of interest at the top of the party as well. The fact that he is the chief executive and his wife is the leader of the party. Yeah. If, if anything, it's probably an obvious sacrificial lamb for them to offer up because he's not really someone who's in the public eye for anything other than this. So if somebody needs to fall on the sword, just make it him. Well, yeah. yeah. And, and, it would sh- and I think it would send a message, whether it's an actual honest message, that well, look, we're going to try and not cover it up, so we'll have somebody who's seen as more independent coming in to be, yeah. you know, somebody who's maybe not even been involved in the party or not closely involved in the party to come and take over the mantle 
At yeah. End of the day, it's a chief executive role. They don't have to have been... How many chief executives get dropped into companies? They don't have to come up through the ranks. It's yeah. No, were, were I at the top of the SNP right now, I'd be advocating that for sure. I think it's a, a smart way to play it. So, all in agreement? Rotten to the core, but... but no. Some real turmoil there, but turmoil that they will ultimately survive and will not impact them too badly come May the 5th. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about the election closer to the time, but mm. what is your current feel for your well, prediction for the mm, outcome of the election? I, just to slightly touch on I do see it having a slight impact in that I do think there was a potentially real chance for the SNP to gain a majority on their own. I kind of felt we were getting up to steam of 2013, was it? when they got, you know, we're meant to have a voting system where we can't have a single majority, but they managed to do it anyway. And I just felt like the momentum was all behind the SNP, and I just feel that this has at least slowed them up enough. I still think they'll be in power, but I think it's probably going to be a more similar situation. On a minority government. On a minority government basis, rather than managing to sort of snatch that majority again. Yeah, I, I think, if anything, continued vaccine rollouts and the speed that we unlock relative to... England and the rest of the UK will end up being the bigger issue near the time. I think a lot of this will be forgotten. Yeah, I think so. And I think the way that they're playing it is very much geared towards that as well. Yeah. Yeah. They will try to drop in some easing of restrictions the week before the vote or something. Just just going a tiny bit further. Yeah, well, even just the, the initial roadmap being quite pessimistic but bringing everything forward. Although it annoyed people a fortnight ago or three weeks ago, whenever it was, it's going to lift spirits as you bring things forward. So the positive headlines are going to be there closer to the election. Um, oh, yeah, that's yeah. what the whole thing's geared to. But, it um, is, absolutely. I, I still think there will be areas that they will be overcautious on, uh, such as travel and things like that, which I can still see coming back. To. If if history, you know, if yeah. the history of this has shown us anything, and I think that will... An- still annoy people so I, I can see the optimism but um yeah I, i'm just not sold that we'll but we'll get a deeper discussion near the time yeah for yeah. sure okay. so and obviously if they do get a majority then i'll be storming out so that leads us to our next talking point which oh, nice segue is, that's, that's um, a nice that's one beautiful eh? is good old piers piers morgan Piers Morgan. I, I actually I mean, thought he's we were... number two to Donald um, mm. in my idols list. So, <laughs> <laughs> him and Donald Jacob, Duck. Him, him and Jacob <laughs> Rees-Moggs are both joint second. So, no, not really. Um, so, yeah, so the Royal but Debacle. Really, yeah. <laughs> the Royal Debacle, yeah. Um, I was going to say, I was surprised you went to Piers prior to the Royals, given it's kind of in... Well, it's in all one of the same. I, I think it's, yeah, yeah. I mean... Piers is just part of the the royal conversation. From one institution in turmoil to another with with the royals here. Did either of you watch it on Monday night? No. I have not had the opportunity to watch it as of yet. I think I was straightening my pubic hair or something. More exciting. (laughs) (laughs) I like it when you do that. (laughs) Pubic hair. To myself or to you? (laughs) No comment. (laughs) The mini straighteners are fantastic. <laughs> but, uh, 
So I did watch it on Monday night. Um, I really didn't want to, but I kind of felt like I couldn't avoid it, and it was going to be all over the news afterwards anyway. And I would imagine that the pair of you have seen kind of a lot of the biggest yeah. revelations. Yeah, I mean, my plan anyway. was to watch it yesterday, but I went to sleep instead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That sounds quite good. It sounded like a good idea. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, biggest accusations by far were all of the racist connotations, basically, and the... Uh, Somebody in the royals, not the Queen and not Prince Philip, yeah, has apparently made a comment about uh whether what's his name again? Archie. Yes. Yes. About whether Archie's skin colour what it would be. Yeah, so and that... would it be suitable to mm. be royal? Yes. I mean, it's quite interesting talking about suitable skin colour for royals because Prince Philip's purple seems to be acceptable. Yes. <laughs> so he's aged well. It's <laughs> <laughs> like a fine wine, darker with age. Yeah. So that was one of the bombshell headlines. The other was Meghan Markle's claim that she told someone that she was having suicidal thoughts and she needed help and was refused that help yeah. as well. Yeah, um, I I think the whole thing just before we go into it is that it is one side of the story. Yes, and some I think the the second point is far more serious. I think the first part of it sounds sensationalized to me. It sounds like. It's probably not been meant to have been as offensive as it is, and it it's been painted to me as a, a more malicious comment than a perhaps a cultural faux pas. Mm, no, well, I see what you're saying, but I don't know. I don't think it's an enormous stretch for the accusations to be true. To be honest. G- Given, I know that it's normally Philip, but the royals have got a history of making these faux pas over and over and over again. You know, mud sticks, I think. I I know, but like, I could genuinely see if you were an all-white family. I I think the part of it where they're like, about them being too coloured or too dark to be a royal. I wasn't actually aware of that until you'd said that, but I'd more just heard the initial part of it previously. I mean, the initial part to me just sort of reeks as almost like an inquisitive question, almost just like, well, like, you know, will they, how dark will they be? And, like, I think the, the sort of, the royal part of it, I don't know, I think that is just a natural... I don't think that people asking that is meant to be... Na- I think it's just almost being inquisitive. Well, you know, and this maybe comes back to the point that... I can't. I think it was you, Callum, that said that it is one side of the story that we're getting here. And that the Palace have now come out and said that it will be formally addressed as well. Because yeah, I, I think you could argue that it was inquisitive if the statement had come from a child. I don't think that it's just inquisitive if it comes from an adult. Mm. I really don't. Fair enough. I just 
I think you would find people up and down the land would ask questions like that, yeah. like it, in everyday in, life. In any case, I think an awful lot... I, I think worse thing, to be honest, is, again, if the accusations are true, Megan's accusations about having expressed concern about her mental health and it, there being absolutely no support given in any way. I find that baffling, I have to be honest. But it, if that is true... Baffling, that, what, the statement baffling, or are you doing a Piers Morgan on us? No, 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 I find it, I find it baffling that she's apparently been given no help yeah. when she has raised it. I mean, they have got a dedicated medical team, basically, to them. Yeah. I, I just find that bizarre. And and so th- this is where I think, I, I don't want to get onto Piers immediately, but I think this is where he was coming from, where he was saying it, it's so bizarre as to almost be unbelievable that, you yeah. know, it's like it's been exaggerated to the extreme. But, you know, we'll maybe get onto Piers' comments a, a bit later, but I, I do see kind of where he's coming from. Um, yeah, I can th- sympathise with that. But at the same time, I can definitely see if she has said that and it has just been ignored, then that is horrific. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I can see why it, that specifically would lead to them to go, no, we need out of here. For sure. There were also numerous bits that got pulled up during it. There was examples that Oprah put out um, to Megan where she was talking about examples of the UK tabloids presenting a certain story in a certain way about Kate and the exact opposite about Megan. And she trotted out half a dozen of them. Um, I mean, there, there was one, for example, where there was a headline about how when Kate had been getting morning sickness, she was having avocado because apparently it settles your stomach um, and it had been portrayed in this really good light by the Daily Mail. Megan had avocado and the Daily Mail headline had been that she's eating some fruit that has connections with slavery and racism and uh, the slave trade and all sorts of stuff. And it's like, this is just, this is blatant tabloid shite here. And the... The discussion then turned to how the whole treatment of Meghan, and to a lesser extent Harry, but Meghan and Harry by the UK tabloids was just horrendous throughout. And that's that couple, you know, led to her mental state. And if she was then truly denied the mental health support, yeah. that's why they just decided not nah, to hell with this. We're, we're getting out of here. A lot of the tabloid stuff actually reeks more of without exploring it too deeply, reeks more of classism to me than actual racism. And I actually do believe that a, as much of an issue here is the class thing as it is the race thing. Yeah. Now, there were accusations made as well that the palace encourage an awful lot of that, in that the palace suck up to the tabloids because they need the tabloids in order to stay relevant and have some sort of legitimacy. And you know there there's this kind of uneasy alliance between the palace and the tabloids which is why nobody in the palace was willing to speak up in defense of Meghan or Harry when some of the more abhorrent headlines were getting written i mean i i've not i've not seen this avocado headline so it'd be intriguing to know what it is because i mean what you've described sounds like an awfully long headline so i'm imagining it must be something i can pull them up slightly there's... more catchy than that yeah yeah, yeah i'll tell you what i'll pull them up because um there's like like 15 of them. fruit or something i don't know whether that's what it said but you know something to that effect but... uh, the, there's certainly been quite a few examples of this type of thing even on like 
little headlines regarding to their dresses or whatever and yeah. just the comparison of how headlines have been written about Megan compared to Kate. They are consistently different. But they are also different people, I think, is the is another thing that, like, without it being about race, they are also different people. Harry and William are also different, and that does also impact the whole situation. Yes, but it doesn't impact the tone in which a headline should be written. Yeah, yeah I've got the examples here. So Daily Express... Kate's one said, Kate's morning sickness cure, and then the subheading, Prince William gifted with an avocado for pregnant duchess. The Express then for Meghan, Meghan Markle's beloved avocado linked to human rights abuse, drought, and millennial shame. Another example, Daily Mail, Kate, not long to go, pregnant Kate tenderly cradles her baby bump while wrapping up her royal duties. The Daily Mail, why can't Meghan Markle keep her hands off her bump? Experts tackle the question, is it pride, vanity, or acting? And like, there's 20 of these examples in this particular article I can go through here, you know, where they talk about um, uh, Prince William blasts monarchy's stiff upper lip tradition. Uh, Prince Harry and Meghan ditched British stiff upper lip. Is this a good thing? The son says no. You know, and it you know, was the sudden. It was the, the sun in both of them. Both yeah, them it's right. always comparisons of one paper says this, and then, and it's always favorable light, unfavorable light. So I, I can well see why they would have. I can, I can see that in. there's been different treatment. Like I don't, I didn't need the exact. I, I don't know. I just still, it feels like to me that some of it is not. Ra- not as racist as was being claimed. I'm not saying race has nothing to do with it, because unfortunately there's a inbuilt kind of institutional racism in the country. So mm. uh, you know that does exist. But I do also believe that who they are as individuals, who their husbands are, does impact on these headlines. And I believe that things like the class sort of system come into system it. still comes your, into your it. point there about there being a racism in the country was interesting because harry had it, oprah put it to harry that uh the the uk is a racist society or something like that and he said no the tabloids are the uk isn't but the tabloids are and that then filters out into broader society but it's the tabloids specifically yeah but the uh, there's a, i mean there's a lot of research that would basically say well whatever your press is is what your yeah, country does is. that yeah the um the other thing though that was interesting for me is while I can sympathise with a lot of this stuff that they're they're saying, there's this whole we want to get out of the UK because the tabloids are shocking and you know it's ruining our mental health, and then they immediately jump to California and go on TV with Oprah. Well, and yeah. th- there's this massive hypocrisy in a lot of this. I think. Oh, I think so. And I, I don't know if that's maybe part of where some of the backlash has come from. It's like we want out of the limelight, yet we're actually going to America and thrusting ourselves into the limelight. It's like you can't have it both ways. Yeah, I, although the, the publicised reasoning was to remove themselves from the limelight, I feel like actually the more personal reasoning was much more a, if we remove ourselves, we can control the narrative more. But how how do they control mm. the narrative anymore now? 
then because well, they, they, they've I, made an enemy of the pre- they've made right, an okay. enemy of so the British press. So whether control the narrative, but they can control their exposure to the reactions, I suppose. But I mean, it, I, I don't really buy into that because they lived on a they lived on a sizable estate that if they wanted to live on the estate and get on with their lives, then they could do so. The only reason that they become aware of tabloids is by reading the tabloids. What difference does it make sitting on an estate in the south of England or sitting in California? If you're going to read the headlines, you're going to read the headlines. There were, it doesn't matter there where were numerous are. points where Megan had said she never reads the tabloids in that very interview. And when Oprah had brought up some of these examples of the conflicting headlines, she said, oh, that's the first time I've heard that. So, so therefore, it's got nothing to do with why they've left. Mm. There was a whole other section I found fascinating, which was where they basically admitted that the reason that they moved from Canada to California was because they realised, oh, we've got no money. Um, and Harry had said he was surprised that all support was just withdrawn. And he said, because, you know, you can't just withdraw my security. Like, I'm a prince. And it's like, well, yeah, but you've now decided to step away from the royals. So they did for sure think that they could step back, but actually still be fully funded. Um, And that came as a shock to them, which I I just thought was incredible. Because at the time they said, we're going to step back and be self-sufficient. And my understanding was we're going to drop the use of the titles and things like that. Let's be honest, self-sufficient for them. You need millions of pounds a year to... You know, to pay for all the security requirements, everything like that. So, well, but if they want to go and be normal people, then what do they need security for? Yeah, but they <sighs> never can be normal, can well, they? Well, no, but you, but that's kind of the point is that, and I think that's where some of the criticism towards Megan has come from in some quarters is that they're like, you knew what you were signing up for, and then you've got a yeah. problem with what you've signed up for. So that was again put to her. And she said she didn't know what she was signing up for. She had well, never, she's an idiot. she had never Googled Harry yeah, at all just, beforehand. That, that that's she, either a I'm lie. Sorry, I've, I've or, probably lost. Yeah. I've, I actually didn't have a much of a problem with her. But if that's the case, then she is an absolute idiot. Yeah, it's it's either an outright lie or it is naivety in the extreme. You I know. don't believe, and and it's statements like that that just make me go right. Well, how the problem is it's stuff like that. Well, how much of it is true? Yeah, it it calls the rest of it into question when you're making comments like, "I never googled him." He's the one of the princes of England. You don't have to Google the UK to have a clue. Yeah, I think even or certainly my impression. Obviously, I've never lived in America or anything, but my impression is that the royals still have a reasonable profile in the American public conscience. Yeah, I think the I think the British royal family have a profile. Around the world, yeah, still certainly much. the, the certainly I mean, the yeah. entire Anglosphere, yeah, for sure. But yeah, it's and I mean, you see that in London and stuff. The amount of American tourists that are like, oh, we need to go to Buckingham Palace and we need, you know, and it's all the royals that it's. That's why there's an industry built around it. Yeah, mm. yeah. Some of that just it's not right. If there are stuff, if there has been racist comments made, you know, I'm not trying to suggest that it's okay at all yeah but a lot of what is coming out just reeks of it is exceedingly one-sided and unbalanced and it just then does call into question some of the more serious parts of it because you're like well what do you believe and what don't you believe 
Well, and this links us on to, you segued us into this by talking about Piers Morgan, but, you know, Piers has obviously left Good Morning Britain for basically saying he didn't believe any of it from Meghan. Well, is that the actual reason, or was it his hissy fit yesterday morning as we record? Well, so there were 41,000 complaints in response to his... Um, Monday statement. Ti- his Monday tirade, yeah, which apparently is the second most ever. The only one that beat it was back in whenever it was when Jade Goody on Big Brother had some... Oh, Sherpa Shetty. Yes, yeah. that was the one that had the most ever, but it's the oh, second Sherpa most ever complained Shetty. about thing on UK TV. Um, then, obviously, he stormed off set yesterday morning, but, you know, it wouldn't have surprised me if with that sheer volume of complaints... You know, there had been questions asked anyway. But, but volume of complaints as off com? Yeah. I've said before, volume of complaints from their point of view means nothing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because quite often it's something that's gained traction and actually the complaints are unfounded. But I suppose there's still a perception thing for ITV. But I think... It, Paul, I'd made this comment to you. I, Good Morning Britain wouldn't be remotely as popular as it, it has sort of become, I don't believe, if it wasn't for Pierce Morgan being on it. So you kind of... I, I don't see the ITV bosses would have been punting them or anything. They might have said, oh, Pierce, have a two-week holiday. Cheers. Like, but Well, I think it's come from them, the suggestion for him to part ways, by the sounds of it. I think so it's as well. It's a conversation that has been provoked by ITV management. But is this not on the back of the Tuesday? So the, in fact, what, what, the actual reason for his resignation is it's killing a freedom of speech, isn't that not effectively? Yeah, well. I've got, I've got. Yeah, his, but I've... it was his statement of I don't believe this stuff about the mental health, and ITV's line is we do believe it and we take it incredibly seriously, and so therefore, Pierce Morgan is in conflict with our values. All right. And so, off you pop. What I did find is, is Tuesday morning, walk off the set was horrendous. I just think a man who so often criticises people, or specifically politicians, because they don't come on his show because he likes to ask the awkward questions. When his weatherman asks him some awkward questions and he storms off the set, it's just so embarrassing for him as a human being. Yeah, it is, but he's also for not sure. there to be interviewed, arguably, I suppose. No, he's be. not, but you can't spout off at people for avoiding embarrassing questions. And then when your viewpoint, and you let's be honest, he's made statements, and his statements being challenged is yeah. valid. Yeah. He can't then just slink off in a huff. Right, so was it Monday that he said, I don't believe the mental Monday. thing? Monday, right? yeah. So if he was that much in conflict with what the ITV's core principles were, he wouldn't have appeared on the Tuesday. So to me, that's an absolute load of crap from the ITV. Because if it was that bad, they wouldn't have let him come out on Tuesday. I think as well, they might well have seen the public reaction unfold over the rest of Monday and into Tuesday and seen the sheer number of complaints as well. I think he was also given the opportunity to stand back from those comments and just double down and said, no, I stand by everything I say. Yeah, he has, yeah. He's come out today with quite a strong-worded statement, really. I mean, I I think that it's... 
the problem with the position that Pierce put across is that it's all rubbish because some of it's rubbish, or some of it is que- appears questionable anyway. Yeah. Um. So therefore, it is all rubbish. I think it's maybe reasonable to say you could question it all because some of it seems extremely questionable. However, I think to say that there is no racism or there is no mental health at all, blanket statement, is completely ridiculous. I mean, I think his words were something like, I don't believe a word that has come out of her mouth. There wasn't even a small disqualification or loophole like, you know, if this is true, it is absolutely terrible, but I don't believe... You know, there was none of that. It was just... I don't it also comes word. from a man who has personally known Meghan mm. Markle, has been cut off completely by her, and has just trashed her ever since. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it's it's seriously coloured by past experience, all of these comments. Yeah. yeah. But to be fair to, I suppose, to Piers Morgan, just to sort of play devil's, I, I don't agree with what he's been... what or entirely agree with everything that the way he's gone about it but he does get trashed left right and center as well mm-hmm. like and to me what some of the Meghan markle situation and i'm not just talking about the interview here i am talking about the whole mm-hmm. thing of pulling harry out the royals as accusations have been accused and you know that this was always our plan and things like that some of it i think you know, Megan saying she has no idea about what she was signing up for. That is just a farce. She does also have to accept that her, some of her, some of what has come about is a result of her actions or inaction or... Or her attitude. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, the whole, oh, I can't believe how, put aside to a minute, the slant and the bias of the tabloids but just saying oh i can't handle the tabloids talking about me all the time you were a hollywood actress and you're now exposing yourself to you know these oprah interviews and everything like that clearly you're not that bothered about your life being in you know on the front page of every newspaper so you know you can't really claim that I mean, it's like, so you look at Camilla, for example. I mean, she has endured a torrent. It doesn't so much nowadays, mm. but in the end of the day, up until Harry and William became adults, especially, and even after that, she got a torrid of abuse in the public eye. Like, you know, of yeah. sort of stealing Charles and, you know, and all that, and lots of stuff. But she obviously just accepted, well, I kind of knew that was going to happen. And, all right, I just have to ex- almost accept that it's going to happen and maybe some of it's not right what is said in the tabloids but i do think some of this ultimately boils down to if you want to put yourself into the limelight you have to accept that that's part of that and ultimately if i think if you're not capable of dealing with that you have to not put yourself into the limelight yeah i mean the one thing i could accept was if she'd said i just the only element of her not being aware of it is just the nature of the UK press. Mm. You can completely yeah. believe that as someone who has lived all their life in America. I can believe that but as well, yeah. in terms of just an actual, I wasn't aware that... Basically, the statement is, I wasn't aware that the Royals garnered publicity. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah but that That's just unbelievable. Yeah, and if you are going to say, oh, well, it was the negative publicity I couldn't handle, well, she sat there numerous times and said, oh, well, I didn't listen to the tabloids, I didn't read the tabloids. You know, so there, there's... In, I thought that there were a load of inconsistencies 
in it. Is there not an argument to say, even if you say she wasn't aware of the nature of the tabloid press, is there not an argument to say that what is her and Harry's relationship actually built upon? Because he was somebody who endured quite a bad time with the press as well when he was on his sort of wild boys years of here, there and everywhere. And I mean, you know, it isn't the 1600s where, you know, all of a sudden the first time they met was on their wedding day. Like, they've surely this has come up in conversation in the past, at least to a degree that, you know, that they just come after you. Yeah. Prior to them getting married, there had to have been conversations about this. You would think so. And I don't believe that somebody within the press corps or, or press office of the of Buckingham Palace, that somebody hadn't sort of said to her, look, you're probably going to get a tough time here. Is this just a huge drama and more evidence that we should just get shot of these damn royals? I I I knew that was going to come up at (laughs) some point in this conversation. I think yes, obviously. Um, I think it's a tough one. Um... Who do said I... it makes it... I do think who said the comment, like, about Archie, makes a difference to well, the answer to that. If it's the future king. Yeah, but I, I don't <laughs> believe... I, like, I don't... I do think that Will and Kate are, moder- no, are but more, it could far have, more but modern. It could well have been his dad. No, Charles was... The Queen and Charles were the ones that... No, it was the Queen, Queen and Prince Philip. Philip were the I ones thought that I'd read something out. about Charles. No, no, no the and Prince only Philip, two yeah. were... Harry's grandfather and to, grandmother. I just have to be honest. Even if it was Charles, it's less accept. It's less acceptable. But they are from a dated generation that is is de- in reality. Let's be honest. That generation is departing this world. Yes, <laughs> that is right. what is going to happen. But to answer your question, I'm yeah. I, I'm starting to see this as. I think it does eventually lead to the downfall of the royals. I really do. Or I hope. You're well, coming you round to, to my way depend- of think- thinking. You hope to go independent, so you'll be getting rid of the royals anyway. So, Well, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's... You're not allowed to have an opinion. So. <laughs> I've, I, I mean, I've made my views on this clear before. Yeah, if you were building a society from scratch, you I would not have a monarchy. But we're not, so... We're not, stuff- but they've... Past their expiry date for me. They, yeah. they serve no value. Well, the, I think the irony of it is, is you have to look at Will and Kate and some of the impact that they've had on mental health. And, like, so as much as, yes, it's if, if Megan hasn't been given the support, you also can't say that the royals are ignoring mental health. No, you can't. And there no. is obviously charitable work that they do, but there's always mega rich people doing charitable work. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I philanthro- think philanthropists exist. Yeah. It's like Angelina Jolie and Chris Martin and people like that. It, yeah, like, it, it does pains in the arse and I nobody s- wants to listen. Yeah, to I just think there's this broader principle of what kind of society do you want to live in? Do you want to live in one that has a monarchy at its core? Just the principle of one at its core. You can't. Like anyone the, who's sane it, can't. It's not exactly a monarchy as it used to be, though. No, it's not. It's a it's an ambassador, an ambassadorial core almost. They it? still represent something abhorrent, and I think I still I still think they do quite a lot of good as well. I, so. Abhorrent to me feels a little strong. 
I, I just think that they've... Paul, are you going to apologise? Any purpose apologize? that they did have has been served. Can you apologise to the slave trade, please? Because you're white and you represent something abhorrent. So if you could just apologise, <laughs> let me know. That'd be great. A random segue there. No, it's not. But it is, you, you have to allow there to be modernisation of any of any institution because yeah, if you I, don't I think then if you're allowing modernization mm. you have to accept that at a point in modernization things just have served their purpose their time has passed and i think we thank are at you. that stage with the royals thank well, you andrew i had, was not going to go down that route but that articulates very well what was going on inside my head well i think i personally think you look at will and kate and i think you see a, a monarchy that is developing to i think be something a bit more positive there are positive things that the royals do, absolutely. But I still think that it's an outdated principle and it's time to go. Yeah. They do it in spite of being royal, not because they are royal. They do it because they're rich. They do it in spite of being royal. No, I don't agree with that at all. They do it because they're the royal family. Because if they were just rich people, they'd go out and get richer. They don't go out and get richer because... They have wealth. Because they have people that do yeah. it for them. Well, yeah, <laughs> but to a degree, yes. But there is an acceptance of, with the royals, that because they have this privilege, that they have, they've got duties that they have to fulfil. And Harry is an, is an exact, actually, example of the type of royal that we do need to bin because he was expecting to just get go off and live and still be paid live yeah. in Canada and still get paid everything. But why? That's just expecting privilege for nothing. I think to be fair to lights lights of Will and Kate that they are actually fulfilling their duties and providing things to this country. And I think that's far more reasonable. I just think as a principle, being born into a family and said, right, your job is to basically do not very much. I, they don't do not right, very okay. much. That's, no, that's, no, that's yeah, that's fair, fair. Stupid comment. Yeah, okay. I, I'm struggling to articulate what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, it is, it's being, not a meritocracy. Yeah, the fact um, that yeah. it is based on bloodline is just outdated. Yeah. I, I understand that, but we also have, earlier in this episode, criticised the political system that we've got. And actually, we have got almost this non-political relatively speaking non-political um like ambassadorial grouping within the country and i actually think that's something that is quite good when you look at the toxic nature because i think if you look at america who do they have who do they have that sells their country well because their politicians certainly don't why do you need somebody to sell your country well as a figurehead in that regard like is that not your tourism board's job yeah no because i do genuinely think that they do more than that they i why do you need some i mean that's why countries have ambassadors and things like that it's yeah so you have ambassadors who are yeah picked for their ambassadorial skills right. rather and you than have business people bloodline. and you have sports people and you have celebrities and you have a whole host of people that make up the brand that is the UK I don't see why they then need to be paid for by the taxpayer well I mean they're just paid for by the people in some other manner anyway 
I mean, it, this is a, a most of this the is, money's not even from the tax. This is anyway. a conversation that we're never going to get an agreement on. Yes. But the uh, two to one majority is that the royals should be abolished. And so, if you do agree with that, or if you don't agree with but that, your reasoning, please <laughs> do let us know on our social media channels. Get in touch uh, on Twitter at the Castle View or on Facebook.com right, forward slash no. <laughs> the Castle View. F off. And uh, bye, Callum. Um, hopefully we'll speak to you next week. Bye. Cheerio. What a cunt.